Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the second chapter of the Gospel of St. John. It's a familiar story of the wedding at Cana. It goes like this. On the third day, there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the marriage with his disciples. And when the wine failed, the mother of Jesus came to him and said, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, O woman, what have you to do with me? My hour is not yet come. His mother, however, turned to the servants and said, do whatever he tells you. Now six stone jars were standing there for the Jewish rites of purification, and each held between 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. <coughs> he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. So they took it. And when the steward of the feast tasted the water now become wine, but he didn't know where it came from. The servants knew, but he didn't know. The steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first, and when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of the signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Well, dear friends in Christ's grace and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this is the first of Jesus' miracles, and I think we can begin a little bit by doing some simple math. There were six jars, earthenware jars, and they held between 20 and 30 gallons. So let's just say 30 gallons. And Jesus changed them into wine. That's supposed to be the miracle. But when you think about it, how many people were at this wedding? Because if he had six 30-gallon jugs and he changed them all into wine, he created 180 gallons of wine to serve to the guests who'd already had plenty of wine to drink. I mean, 180 gallons of wine is enough to pickle the whole town of Bethlehem or Nazareth or wherever they were doing this. Cana, I guess they were going to pickle. And you have to wonder, was he showing off? Or what was the purpose of all this? And there's two purposes of this. I think one is that in the Bible, and actually in most of literature, wine is considered a form of life. And even today, um, for those of us who drink, if we are celebrating an occasion, we might bring out a classic bottle of wine, maybe one from our cellars or you know, the best wine on the menu at a restaurant, and we will toast to whatever happy occasion we are. Because we not only associate wine with life, but the best wine is associated with the best things in life. We do that even now. And they did it then. So one of the things we draw from, from this lesson is simply that when Jesus enters our life, so does life enter our lives. That Jesus is the foundation of abundant life. And I think the abundance of that wine makes that clear. And I don't have to belabor it. The other thing I think is really interesting about this story is that the water he used <coughs> was water used for holy purpose. And he changed the purpose of the holy water. First of all, he changed it to wine. That changes the purpose right at the beginning. But also the wine was used, the water was used for purification. And in the culture of the time, people had to purify themselves to become worthy to be part of a religious gathering or actually to be part of family gatherings often. 
And what Jesus does when he takes that purification water and changes it into wine, he changes his whole purpose, be one of inclusion and one of celebration, not one of suggesting that you're not worthy to be part of it, so you need to be purified. So those two things are one way that Jesus started his ministry on earth by proclaiming life, proclaiming life abundantly, and proclaiming life without merit, without the merit of the people who, who, are, who are enjoying that life. I also find it interesting, I'll just throw this in, even though it has really little to do with the gospel. Uh, Jesus did what his mother told him, even though he didn't want to which makes Jesus not only a source of giver of life and holy, but also very human. Well, we draw from that. We draw from that the message that God wants us to live, wants us to have life, wants us to enjoy life. And in the midst of all the anger and sadness and tragedy around us today, that message that Jesus offers life is one that I think we have to hold on to for dear life. So that is the good news. Thanks be to God. Now, could we pray? Our Father in heaven, we do want life. We want the abundant life you offer us. And sometimes it's really hard to see just where it is or, or what the offer is because we can get so tied up in our own fears and angers and griefs. So we do ask you to open our eyes that we may see the opportunities of life that you put around us. We as always lift our prayers this morning for those who suffer, for the victims of wars, and of the natural disasters that have just been sweeping our nation and others. We pray for the victims of illness, of COVID, for those who are in hospitals and in nursing homes. We pray also, Lord, especially for those who help, for all those who staff our hospitals and nursing homes and other institutions, the ambulance drivers and the technicians and the doctors and nurses. We thank you for the police officers, for the firefighters and the utility workers, all those who risk their lives to keep us safe. We pray especially for the firemen in, in, um, in um, Mineral Point, Wisconsin, who, who died last week on their way to a fire. We thank you, Lord, for the farmers and the teachers and the merchants and all those also now put their lives at risk just to keep our society going. We thank you for them. We lift our prayers, Lord, for one another as we remember the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for watching us. We hope you all have a blessed week. Go forth now to love and to serve the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make God's face shine down upon you and be gracious unto you. May the light of the Lord's countenance keep you all in God's peace. Amen. Have a wonderful week.